Hello disabled disciples, welcome back to Handy Schlepp. Today we are going to talk about how it feels to wander around in the wilderness and fighting our battles. Coming right up on Handy Schlepp. Hello again, everyone. It's so good to be with y'all on this Tuesday, May 20th, 2021. It is a beautiful day here in Wisconsin, finally uh, warming up for good this time. None of that tease garbage. Wisconsin is kind of known for being a little bit of a tease, and so it's kind of nice just to really settle in with the nicer weather, and I hope all of y'all are having a blessed week so far as we head into the weekend. And I've just been talking with y'all on all these different seasons that we're going through in our lives. Um, You know, we got the different seasons of Wisconsin that you can have all in one week, apparently. And how we, too, have the different seasons in our lives that change ever so quickly, every day, every hour, things change rapidly. Things are constantly moving. Things are constantly adapting around us. And here we are stuck in the middle of all of it, just wondering what the heck is going on. Different things that are moving around us that are out of our control. Uh, Different ways people react to us And the only thing we can help is how we react to others. And just sometimes it's like, just stop. Just stop once in a while. You know, there's only so much a person can take. There's only so much we can, I should say, there's only so much change we can handle at any given time. And, you know, once in a while, you just need to hit the brakes, take a time or a day if you can, Take a a long, extensive time for yourself just to pull back a little bit. Um, If you're able, if you're a disabled person and you're able to get just a couple of minutes of privacy, that's a blessing right there because otherwise you're constantly relying on others and needing their help um, and their uh, presence all around you all the time and it can be that can be mentally exhausting already and i think as believers too it can be also exhausting because we are always wanting to be fixer-uppers you know people just in general all of us you know whether you're a friend or you're you're a parent or you're a spouse or you're just a, you're a giver, you know, you want to fix things. We as people, we want to feel competent. We want to feel like we can handle all of these struggles and all of these difficulties around us. Telling people that we can handle it. Because if we can't handle it, or if we just kind of break down, we are perceived as weak. In some circles, that may still be true, but thankfully, that narrative is slowly dying more and more. 
the outdated rhetoric of that you have to be competent and strong to seem the opposite of vulnerable and to not be seen as weak. Because who wants that? Nobody wants to be seen as weak or as though they can't handle a certain duty or job or a task. If so, we have to face ridicule. We have to face humility, embarrassment, and even mockery sometimes. So, like, I look about, I think about these things, I look around, and how, what is the right way to handle that, you know? I've talked about this before, but um, one of my favorite shows is still um, This Is Us on NBC. And uh, one of the characters on there, Toby, um, who plays the husband of Kate, um, great guy. He's actually one of my favorite characters. I love him to death. But he, every character on the show deals with just some kind of setback or just some kind of major character-defining fault or flaw that really shapes who they are and makes them more relatable. Everyone on that show is relatable in some form or fashion. And what I like about this character, Toby, is that he really suffers with um, anxiety and a form of incompetence. Feeling like he needs to live up to the paternal standards of the father in the show, Jack, who passed away. And Toby being the in-law to the family and uh, all the three of the siblings, um, you know, he just wants to be that kind of man that is able to care for his family, to provide for his family. You know, I mean, outside the show, that's just the way God designed us. We want to feel like we are providing and we are giving all that we can to support our loved ones, ourselves. And that's okay to feel that way. It's just the way we are. And sometimes I can go a little bit beyond it. Sometimes we get so focused on needing to feel competent that we don't check ourselves. We become vulnerable in the bad sense. I'm one for vulnerability, but as far as being open and honest with each other, because then there's a vulnerability of putting our walls down while also not keeping watch of some of the dangers around us. We look around and there's uh, different things or different people trying to get at us, trying to make us feel like we are no good, to feel like we are not enough, to always feel like we need to be good enough. And as we said uh, a couple different times on this podcast, it's okay to not be good enough, biblically speaking. But, you know, I've struggled with this myself as well. I mean, I'm 27, going on 28 in a couple of months, and um, living with a severe physical disability, and that um, I too feel 
very incompetent about certain things um, in the past, now, and in the future for what that future holds. You know, could be just a man thing as well. Could be many reasons. But I want to have that sense of accomplishment, that sense of security that I can provide to my loved ones. It's like I have to prove it. You know, I uh, have a good, I have a few good friends who um, suffer through this as well. You know, I think it really is a man thing because, you know, the man wants to provide, the man wants to support. And, uh, but what I'm noticing now with all these different, like, Instagram stories and these social media uh, influencers, there's so much going around about mental health awareness. Um, especially in the feminine perspective of things I've seen a lot of like uh, feminine feminine support which is all fine and great you know you got uh, female influencers all over social media and Instagram that are all about you go girl or you don't t- let anyone tell you what to do that type of thing so I see a lot more female mental health advocates than I do male. Is that a given? Yeah, sure. But, you know, I think I really think about my loved ones. I think about my fr- my other guy friends that are going through similar situations. And it's like, you know, no one cares what men are really going through. It seems like we still have that stigma that no one wants to listen to what men are struggling with, what men are battling every day. Because the man in like mass media or in TV sitcoms or in movies for decades now, especially on shows like Family Guy or The Simpsons, which I love those shows, uh, but underneath all that you see how um, the uh, male patriarch like uh, the male father is like Homer Simpson or Peter Griffin that's becoming or has become the generalization of all men specifically American men that they're fat dumb imbecilic stupid idiots that are incompetent don't know anything And then the wife is always the smart one, the one in charge who knows better. Like, oh, you stupid guy. You're just a guy. You don't know any better. Um, You know, again, I love those shows, but that's kind of become the narrative across that the guy is seen as stupid or unable to provide or support. And that they've been downgraded to this simpleton imbecile that doesn't have a say anymore in how to express himself. You know, like, oh, you just go work and you do your stupid boy things and don't share your feelings, thoughts, or ideas. 
because they're immediately masked or rejected, belittled, or just not taken as seriously anymore. And you wonder why, like, so many men struggle because they're not allowed to just speak up anymore because they don't have the narrative in their favor anymore. To a point, or throughout the decades um, and longer, like, the men are always seen as um, to tough it out, to not share what you're feeling inside. Uh, hold it in and control yourself. Be a man. A man doesn't get those way, get that way or talk about his feelings and that thing. And, you know, that, that while people are trying to break that stigma, the leftover stigma, again, is still that people in general just don't seem to care about men's feelings and so you're in this constant battle of trying to support everyone while also battling the things inside of you on your own because well people don't want to listen to the man anymore people don't want to hear what the man has to say they don't want to understand or feel what the the man is battling inside of himself. You know, it sucks. People don't care what men go through. And so it comes down to this, like, feeling lost in the wilderness. Feeling lost in this wilderness of no one listening, no one caring. And there's this horrible thing that just men's feelings are just completely disregarded and thrown to the side because of all the uh, horrible things that men have done to other people what men have done to women what men have done to their insubordinates you know I'm not going to deny those things that'd be pretty dumb to deny them um, everyone has done horrible things at some point. You know, in the eyes of God, everyone is a sinner. We're all born into sin. We're all tainted with the residual consequences of sin. And it has tainted man's heart. So by no means would I ever deny that men have done horrible things. They really have. And at the same time, as we move forward through these narratives of supporting everyone except men, then we get we we just further abuse this false narrative that men no longer have anything worth while saying. You know, and it's such garbage. It's such trash. And you wonder why men just don't speak up, why men don't take steps forward anymore, why men don't step it up. Because whenever they do try to step it up now, or take charge, or be the leader, they're, or, uh, let's say you're out and about and you want to ask out a, f a lovely female, you can't really do that in public nowadays because then you're seen in a negative light and it's immediately labeled as harassment. So, like, everything is so legalized against 
or it seems like legalized against the male nowadays. Um, so how can the men take charge of their lives if everything they do is considered um, an abuse of their manhood or an abuse of their male role? You know, how today can we live or they live as male role models to help boys become men, to train up boys to become men, to love other people, to treat women with respect. You know, all, all of that comes down to the parenting and how the male figure or the male head figure is the model in a young boy's life. Therefore, going back to boys that can become confused men in this wandering in the wilderness, much like how Jesus was wandering in the wilderness for 40 days, hungry, thirsty, powerless, tempted by sin, tempted by Satan himself. Tempting him with, if you just do X, Y, and Z, you will be okay. But what did Jesus always go back to? He always went back to what the Word said. Because that what that is what he represented. That is what he stood on. That was always his foundation. And like Jesus, we as men are always feeling like we are lost in this wilderness where everything we do is not going to be reached or we feel like anything we do is no longer valid being uh, excuse me being seen as stupid or a reject feeling like an imbecile being told because you are a man you are an abuser no matter what you do everyone going beyond this now everyone in some way is fighting some kind of battle um, like I've said other times I uh, help out at my local youth ministry and uh, last night we discussed uh, the different battles that we go through the different battles that we see in the Bible and how we go through different things on a daily basis in our own private lives and oftentimes we are too fearful to share those battles with other people because we feel like no one is going to understand. We feel like no one is going to care, uh, much less listen. This goes beyond being a a man. This goes beyond. This goes everywhere, with everyone. Um, last night, I guess, um, the lead pastor for the youth group just really touched the kids so well last night that we had one new kid speak up who was there for the first time, I might add. And uh, this kid goes up in front of everyone and talks about how they 
are going through a really rough time. They went through rough things in their life, how this person's parents are going through X, Y, and Z. And just the vulnerability that this young person was able to share on their very first visit um, because of what the the youth pastor speaking about, the way he was able to touch those kids was just so daunting. Not in a bad way, but just awe-inspiring. And how you can really help other people with the things you go through. Because after this, the new kid spoke up and sat down. Someone else in the back of the room who's been coming there for several weeks, if not since the beginning of the youth group, spoke up and shared her mutual testimony that who would have not shared otherwise if the new kid did not have the courage to go up and speak up in the first place. It's those kind of moments where all the persecutions and all the struggles and all the trials we go through, whether you're disabled or whatever. Um, I use disabled a lot because um, that's what I'm familiar with, obviously. Um, I'm familiar with a lot of other things, but the, uh, my disability is the most obvious to people. So um, it doesn't matter really what you go through in that regard. You're Somehow you've been wandering through that wilderness yourself, going through different battles. It it just comes down to what do you rely on? Um, We used the example last night on uh, banners, like flags or different things to represent yourself or different things that you represent and that you put your foundation in. Uh, For example, let's say uh, you're at uh, Lambeau Field for the Green Bay Packers or uh, the baseball stadium for the Milwaukee Brewers or the basketball stadium, the Pfizer Forum for the Milwaukee Bucks. You go in any of those stadiums or arenas, you look around, you got, uh, these are in all different sports stadiums, but whatever. You look around, they got all the different banners and the different flags talking about different points in time when those teams were greatly victorious or they had noble players that were on those teams. Things that people want to be proud of. Things that were, things and people at those times that were honorable. You look at these banners and you think, wow, I'm so proud to be a part of this team. So what is the banner that you hold up in your life to get you through all of the trials, tribulations, and even some of the losses that help get you to the victory, that help get you through the day, that help get you past your circumstances? And Even when that's over, you have to wonder, why the struggle? Why do I struggle in my disability? Why do I struggle as a man? 
Why does society tear down different archetypes or different roles and call out the shortcomings of the different roles or of the different people? I'm sure they have their reasons, but at the end of the day, what is the best solution? Why all the struggle? Not just in those areas, but in every area of your life. You go through something horrible. You go through something horrible with your family, your parents, yourself, your friends, your uh, your career, your job, schooling, uh, whatever it may be. At the end of it all, why the struggle? Why all this? What is God trying to show me? What did I do to deserve to be thrown out into this wilderness where no one can find me, where no one can hear me, where no one will listen to me, where I'm beaten down, separated, not knowing who I am and tempted day and night. Boy, let me tell you, I felt this way many different times back at the end of 2020 when I was going through my seven weeks of hospitalization. You know, there were times and days in there I just didn't even want to pray or even talk to God about anything. First of all, because COVID was very peak at that time. This was like October, November, and everything was peak. Everything was almost chaotic, Uh, especially in November. That's when the cases and the hospitalizations for COVID were really rising rapidly. And I was right there in the midst of it all. And you know what, when you're in the hospital, when you have COVID going on, no visitors. So for several weeks, it would just never end the monotony, the torture, figuring out what's going on, the pain, the, the mind tricks, the lack of sleep. It would just eat at you and kill you harder and harder. And I guess I've been in the hospital many times before, but this just affected me differently because it was just never ending. The definition of never ending. It was just, it just felt like eternal punishment and eternal separation, which is in fact the, the, the description and the definition of hell itself. I'm not gonna say it was like literal hell, but it felt like a good glimpse of it. And that, that was my wilderness at that time. When will this end? Why are you trying to show me God? And then it was just over. I've thought about this before, but then it just ends. And you're home and you're fine. It's like, what was that all about? And I'm saying that to all of you. What was the point of all that? Why the struggle? What are you relying on? What are the different battles that you're going through today that you just need to talk to about? Talk to someone. Talk to anyone who you can trust. Even if it's just one person. One. You need to be heard or get some help. Talk to your pastor. Talk to a youth group leader if you're younger. Talk to a Christian counselor. Talk... Like, go out of your home right now and go find one of these people. 
and talk to someone because you are not alone in your wilderness. As a man, you are not alone. As a woman, you are not alone. As a disabled person, you are not alone. As a young kid or a teenager, as a leader, you are not alone. Rely on God today. For as we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, great book by the way, verses 3 through 7, we learn more on why the struggle. Why do we go through all these different, what feels like punishments, and go through all these different trials? Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of miracles, and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the abundance. So also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are sharers of our sufferings, so also you are sharers of our comfort." End quote. What is this saying? That we are going to go through different sufferings together in this life, whether you're Christian or not, or disabled or not, whatever. You're in this life, you will have trauma. You will have difficulties. And there's not much you can really do about it. But how you respond to it, how you pray over it, and finding what you rely on, and finding people that you can trust, as hard as that may be, but finding people that you can trust and that you can be there for as well, because you've gone through it yourself, you are able to take that and comfort other people who are going through it now. Because as we go through different sufferings, we also become great comforters for others. As you share in your sufferings, so also you are a sharer of comfort. Let's pray together then, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all who are listening to this episode of Handy Schlapped, that whatever we go through, Lord God, whether a disability or troubles at home, troubles in school, troubles with family, people talking about us, tearing you down for being a man tearing you down and abusing you for being a woman, tearing us down in anything we do because of our identities, because of our roles. Lord, just being persecuted for who we are. It doesn't matter who, for there's always going to be persecution, Lord God, for something. Help us to be heard, Lord God. We just feel so alone sometimes, Lord, but you hear us. 
you are with us in the wilderness because you have gone through the wilderness yourself. You understand the sufferings. You understand what it means to go through suffering and not be comforted to a point. You understand how to be the comforter during our sufferings. Lord God, for you have experienced every temptation and suffering imaginable. Lord God, so you are the only one who truly understands, Lord. And we are proud to be part of you. Help those who have not yet built a relationship with you to open their hearts and come to you, Lord God, to surrender to you, for you to be the foundation of their lives, Lord God. I just thank you so much for all who are listening, that they would be comforted by you and comforted by community, comforted by the show, and that they are that they are aware that they are not alone, Lord God. Thank you so much for all that you do. And bless everyone listening in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode 24 of Handy Schlaft. I am your host, Reverend Jordan Schrader. And if you wish to continue the conversation, you may shoot me up at uh, facebook.com slash Jordan Schrader or jordanrobert seventy one at gmail.com or on YouTube under Jordan Schrader, where I will soon be uploading these episodes to widen the audience, to make it more interactive that way, and eventually on Discord. Thank you so much to all of the disabled disciples listening on here. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. God bless. And as always, stay classy. 